Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 120 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andrew Stewart. How are you? I'm okay, it's Sunday, I thought I would use my Sunday name. Mitch, happy yes. birthday. Ah, thank you very much, thanks. 34. Yes, listen to you, join us on this day, Mitch's birthday. Yeah, as you can imagine, not a massive amount planned, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, such are the restrictions of local lockdown. I fully expect, I mean, my birthday's in a few weeks now, I fully expect to be in full lockdown over my birthday. That is quite possible. It does seem like things are pointed in that direction a wee bit, which is unfortunate. I am back at home with uh, my flatmates, and I think that we'll probably just have a couple of drinks today, listen to some music, stuff like that. Fairly chilled out affair. That sounds lovely. Now, has the postman been? The postman has been. I do have this large package uh, from Moonpig. <laughs> Don't get too excited about it, alright? It's uh, it's just a little a little token. Well, do you, want, do you want me to open this now? Um, no, you can open it later. But uh, I've just wanted to check that it had arrived. It has arrived. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll open it once uh, once this recording's over. Then. Yeah, I don't think the the listeners have to hear about the sexy underwear that I've sent you. No, I wouldn't say so. No. Uh, so <laughs> away from that. Um, have you been watching much this week? Yes and no, right? So in terms of watching anything new, the only thing I watched was Spiral. Oh, okay. Um, Curtis Harder's film, which has, of course, that's just landed in Shudder this week, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I don't know if we've touched on it a lot on the show in the past, so I don't really want to touch on it too much other than to say I thought this was excellent. Yeah, I think this is really good. Um, I like this quite a bit. This is, uh, yeah, this is excellent. Yeah, no, I think it's really good as well. I was, I really enjoyed it. That was actually more time than I was going to give to this, Mitch, because, like I said, we've talked about it in reasonable detail before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one thing we haven't talked about in reasonable detail before is something that I watched this week, and it was a weird choice by my standards, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, went into Amazon Prime, went back to 1983 and watched Curtains. Oh, yes, amazing. Yeah, um, uh, Slasher, where um, six actresses all auditioning for the same role are killed off one by one. Yeah, this is brilliant. Uh, yeah, I was really taken with it. Quite silly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But a lot of fun, I would say. Uh, kind of ticking on with the overriding theme of tasteless depictions of mental health. Sure. <laughs> I would say. But um, but yeah, fun one nonetheless. Uh, and that's an Amazon Prime. I liked it a lot. It's one of the better kind of like older slashers that I've seen in a while. I liked it more than stuff like Slaughter High. Right, sure. I watched a few other things. Um, so I watched a lot of samurai films this week. I watched all six of the Lone Wolf and Cub films again for the a million billionth time. I've so I've seen about probably somewhere in the region of four hundred people get slaughtered in those films this week. So uh, that's fun. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite possible. Yeah, uh, I watched Cherry Falls again for the first time in a long time. Oh God, I haven't seen that in a really long time. Yeah. In fact, I'm not sure if I've seen that at all. I remember almost nothing about it. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd been down on this film for a long time actually. And um, regular listener Kim Morrison will be clapping her hands somewhere. I'm sure at this because uh, I remember it being not that great, but uh, I had an excellent time with it. I really, really enjoyed it again. Also, Mitch, right? I know we've talked a lot in the past couple of weeks about a, a side quest that I could take up to kind of fill the void that will be left when you decide that you've had enough of watching films from the 90s for the purposes of the 90s side quest. 
well, that will be a month from now. We've discussed that. The uh, mini-show that airs on the 26th of October is going to be the last one. Right. Okay. Okay. This week, I watched King Cobra. Okay. With Pat Morita and Hoyt Axton and Courtney Gaines. I also, on the same day, watched Bats with Lou Diamond Phillips and Dina Meyer. And okay. it's got me thinking, why don't I do a side quest of kind of nature gone wild films? That's fun. Yeah, I could do uh, animal facts. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's true. It's giving yeah. you an opportunity to play at your strengths. Yep, talk a little bit about the film, do some animal facts. I could head it up with a fun jingle with some animal noises and stuff like that. I, 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 to me, it feels like a ready-baked segment. I would say. Uh, yeah, in that case, I think we should just roll straight into that in November. Yeah, happy to do that. Yeah. Cool. Heard it here first. Um, speaking of side quests... So I did say, or we did say last week, that as the 90s side quest draws to a close, we were encouraging you to get in with um, your recommendations or your shouts for it if you wanted to. Uh-huh. Um, because uh, we're running out of slots for me to squeeze them in. Mark Davies did that. Reminded me again that he had mentioned Bad Boy Bobby to me. Oh, sure. Uh, quite a while ago now, actually. Probably nearer the start of the <laughs> 90s side quest. So I, I watched it this week. <laughs> How did that go? Um, well, yeah. Um, so this is about a guy who has been kind of like imprisoned in his home by his mom. Yeah. For 35 years and then kind of like accidentally kills her and escapes and is out into the world and goes on this kind of extremely haphazard and extremely intense and often quite unpleasant journey of self-discovery. I didn't know what to make of this at all. <laughs> um, sure. Like it's not, it's, it's certainly not bad. Uh-huh. But um, I really, I was kind of, I was kind of baffled by it. I think um, that's, uh, I think that's the intention of Bad Boy Body. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. It's one of the more knowingly eccentric things that I think that I've watched so far. Okay. But yeah, I, I guess I did think it was pretty good. I'm still thinking about it now. That says something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does kind of cling to you a little bit. Uh, it makes you feel a little bit gross as well, I think. Fair shout, I would say, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I felt like I was complicit in something terrible. <laughs> Sure. Uh, by the time it just finished. But yeah, um, so thanks to Mark Davies for the reminder on that one. And uh, like I say, I think that there's maybe four or five spaces left in the Nature Side Quest before uh, we turn our attentions to you and Nature Gone Wild. So uh, keep getting in touch with all the usual channels if there's anything you want me to try and get in there before we stop this. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, so. What have they been singing? It's feedback time, and they've been saying odds and sods this week. Few things. A <laughs> um, uh, big thank you to our guest this week, total film writer and the author of the book of horror, Matt Glasby, joining us this week to talk Split Second, much to the delight of a few people, not mm. least film fan Stevie, who got in touch on Twitter uh, this week, saying, having a cup of coffee with Andy Mixstuff and who else, but Mitch at the Cars in Soho. As it's Friday, it's time for the latest episode of Strong Violent PC. Love that they're chatting about Split Second. This has been on Stevie's list for quite a while. Probably from like episode two or three, Stevie's been asking us to do split second yeah i would say that that is probably true um so yeah glad to have finally got it on the score sheet for stevie there and hope it was to your liking the episode as well of course yep uh, ross bucking on twitter getting in touch to say that he loves split second so i hope that the episode was everything you dreamt it would be cosmic ray girl getting in touch on the back and listening to the episode just to say another great episode guys great defense now, there was a moment during the watching of this where Alexis seemed unsure about whether or not she was actually going to enjoy this. I think she thought it was a poor man's Blade Runner, mm-hmm. which there may be some element of truth to. Yeah, sure. Um, but I asked if she was swayed by not just the film by the time the credits rolled, but her conversation about it. And her answer was a little. So I take that as a win. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think that that's uh, I think that that's good enough under the circumstances. I think that even swaying people a little bit if they have a held opinion on something is a good start. I think that that's I think that's there's something to be said for people that manage to do that. 
Sure. Do you have anything else on Split Second? Yeah, just one other thing. Um, when we announced that we were doing this, you brought it to the attention of Natasha Kermani. Yes, I did. And uh, said that you suspected this is one that you thought that she might enjoy, given her selection history when she has been on the show. Sure, yes, yeah. And uh, she just said, I've never seen this, but colour me intrigued. Yep, and I can only hope that uh, Natasha's gone and checked it out, because I do think she would like it. I do have a feeling that she would maybe enjoy it. I've got one other thing on Split Second. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, so Andrew Barron got in touch in the Chud Locker this week. Right. As he is wont to do. And uh, so due to this week's episode and the fact I've recently upgraded to Blu-ray, I've decided to go shopping. Uh, it was nice to hear Andy giving Blind Fury an honourable mention, as it's always been a favourite of mine. So I've decided to pick up a copy of that too. Tonight is definitely Howard Hour. And he's just uh, yes. posted a picture of the uh, Blu-rays that he's picked up of Blind Fury and uh, Split Second, which I believe is the same one that you own. Yes, it probably will be. Yeah, yeah. If it's the yeah. 101 Black Edition, then yeah, that's the very one. Pretty sure that's the one that Stevie posted a picture of as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Andrew, I hope that you enjoyed your uh, Rutger Hauer Power Hour. Um, yeah, I hope that Blind Fury was everything you remembered, because it's excellent. <laughs> Anything else in Split Second for you? Just one more thing, coming in from Kevin Matthews at Saltire Popcorn, just saying, great chat with Matt Glasby and Strong Violent PC about Split Second. So glad I revisited the movie, and this episode has it all. Rutger Hauer... Big talons, pigeon facts, and a ringing endorsement of Tunnock's tea cakes. Now, <laughs> there is a fair amount of chat on Tunnock's quite frankly delicious chocolate biscuit and mallow delight. Now, if any representatives from Tunnock's are listening, we will take a free case of tea cakes. Absolutely. Elsewhere, um, we did have a couple of things on uh, Verotica. <laughs> lucky us because um, uh, anyone who has been paying attention to the feeds and or is a Patreon subscriber for us will know that we did volume 3 of the Irredeemables this week on Glenn Danzig's horrendous dreadful awful inept anthology Verotica so a few people chiming in with their thoughts on this one uh, when we posted it on the Chud Locker Darren Gaskell said about to listen to this bracing myself Chris Skelp said is there ranting I hope so and uh, <laughs> Dave Cooper said totally worth the price of Patreon to hear you two rag on this what a bad film Oh, well, yeah, you're all absolutely right. Einfach Andre on Instagram talking Verotica, saying, heard so much about it, still waiting to get my hands on it. Um, it is available to buy, or you can get the Blu-ray many places. I'd be amazed if you can't get it for next to nothing on eBay or something like that, because I'm sure there's people out there who bought it and then immediately went, I don't want this on my shelf. <laughs> is that what you're going to do? <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to keep mine. I'm going to keep mine as a lesson. Cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. Uh, both to curb my own hubris in ordering a Blu-ray from America and to remind me of Glenn Danzig's hubris in actually putting this film together. Yeah, fair. Fair on both counts, I would say. Uh, like Worthwhile for both reasons. Yeah, monuments to both of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Kim Morrison, uh, the, the aforementioned Kim Morrison getting in touch to say, oh man, this is coming soon on Shudder, I believe. That is true. In their defence, people will watch it. I think the comment section on Shudder's going to be an absolute fucking hoot for that. I would say so, definitely. Kim, often, when we say something is terrible and so terrible that she shouldn't watch it, you can tell, you can hear the wheels turning practically, that she's going to watch it. I refuse to do any more direct pleas to Kim. Mm. I tried enough to help her in enough times before. Well, you know, we have come under a, a little bit of fire for the Irredeemables because what we're actually doing... Um, with these episodes, certain people have said, is that we are talking about films that are so bad that they shouldn't be watched in such a way that people then feel the need to watch them. So we're actually doing the films a favour by doing the Irredeemables. I mean, I can kind of see the logic in that, but I mean, like people's decisions are their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Our listeners are autonomous adults. That's right, yeah. And what we are, our intention is a warning, a serious 
warning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that the fact that we eventually try to land on something positive about a film, even if we do that, we're not advocating you going and watching it. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> no, we're doing the hard work so you don't have to. Exactly, exactly. Elsewhere, um, Andrew Marshall got in touch uh, talking about Saw 3 episode. Philip G. Carroll Jr. and Chloe Carroll's story of bonding over Saw reminded me of when I first met my wife, Yana. After seeing me reading Clive Barker's Abara at a bus stop, she sidled up to say hello, wanting to pass the time while we waited at the mercy of West Lothian's abysmal excuse for public transport. We ended up having a lengthy conversation about Barker's films and novels and his love of twisted horror and big fat cocks. Clearly it was meant to be. Does anyone else have a horror-themed first meeting of their significant other? The answer to that is no, but we did have some funny stories in the Chud Locket in general about how people met their partners. So if you want to go and have a read of those, some of them are pretty good. I'd like to hear them. Why haven't you Why haven't you sampled some of them for me? Well, what I will tell you is that Tony Constantino met his wife by accidentally letting his free trial expire on Match.com and then matching to her two days later. <laughs> right, okay, wow. A horror in and of itself. Uh, and also, by the way, a damning indictment of the public transport system in and around Edinburgh. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Andrew Marshall's opinions are his own. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I can't really, I can't really speak to the veracity of those claims. No, I haven't. I haven't travelled by bus in Edinburgh for a very long time, and I'm not about to sully the name of anyone by uh, speculating about that. No way. <laughs> But it did very much feel like Andrew had something he wanted to get off his chest. <laughs> I did feel like there was a slight bee in his bonnet, yeah. <laughs> that's fucking wonderful. Stevie Reeve, film fan Stevie, getting in touch to say, a film that's perfect for the Chud Locker. Stephen Wales, a film that you might like. So directing it to a fellow listener. It's completely mm-hmm. bonkers in a film that I said what the fuck to quite a few times when I saw it at Glasgow Film Festival. And it's a film you've talked about before. It's Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway. Yeah, I saw this one on the Arrow Video channel on Amazon Prime. Uh, I like this a lot. Uh, Stevie did say that he was curious to know uh, what I thought of it. I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but uh, yeah, I liked it for all the same reasons. It's absolutely crackers. And when you see the trailer for it, I kind of think that, like, you know, it looks absolutely out of the gate mental. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at it being like, right, it can't be this mad all the way through. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. But it is. The momentum never breaks. Um, I think it's really good. I, th- I, th- I would recommend people check it out. If you're even halfway curious about the trailer for uh, Jesus Shows You the Way at the Highway, I would get on that. Yep, and uh, that's available now in physical copy via Arrow Video. It is indeed, yeah. Um, I've got Kinell as well saying that he was watching the Waniverse films in chronological order. Jesus Christ. I uh, said, so the good news is I get the nun out of the way early. The bad news is I'm about to watch the nun. Yeah, that is bad news. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that's one of the worst ones, I think. Um said that he'd by that point had seen uh, Annabelle Creation and also Annabelle. I'm not sure exactly what the running order of this would be, but um, Annabelle Creation better than Annabelle, and I still haven't seen Annabelle Comes Home, uh, even though everyone says that it's the best one and they would probably enjoy it. Yeah, it is the best one. Uh, that's about it for me. You got anything else in feedback? I do. I've got Chris Skelp here with some extended thoughts, presumably coming from the Chud Locker here. Caught up with a couple of films covered in earlier episodes this week with very mixed results. First up, The Ice Cream Man. Uh, <laughs> Chris enjoyed it a lot, especially the performance by Clint Howard. The podcast episode was a hoot too. Glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Street Trash didn't sit well with me though, and even after listening to the episode and the arguments made, I still couldn't get past the framing of certain elements in a comedic way. I'm not sure that attempted rape should ever have an upbeat, jaunty soundtrack. I can't argue with that, and I think that's part of the problem that Last House on the Left has as well, is that the, the soundtrack is far too upbeat and fun for the unremittingly bleak stuff in it but i think aside from that stuff there is a lot to like in street trash 
For sure. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, Chris is saying that he's going to head on to Deep Rising and Blackula, which might be his next watches, uh, and going to try and fit in Saw 3 in Split Second this week as well. Busy week. Wow, eventful stuff. God, busy guy. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for feedback from me. What about you? Nothing else. Okay, in that case... It is once again time for Mitch's Pictures. Mitch's Pictures is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a message to my phone, a picture message specifically. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. You'll Photoshop out the title and the tagline and any identifying text and leave only the image. It will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis based on the image alone, which I did last week with The Prowler, which I reappropriated as Sales from the Crypt 5 Skeleton Crew. Yep, and massive thanks to everyone who answered me when I put out a call on our Twitter this week looking for a Blu-ray copy of The Prowler and where the best place to get that would be. Um, Particularly former guest Brad Henderson, who if anyone has any questions about the best version of anything. Brad, your man. Sure, yeah, definitely. The um, the response to that was really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, thanks again to everyone. Uh, I have now secured a copy. Ah, excellent. Okay, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, we had a bunch of people get in touch with pitches this week, and for the first time ever, there's some that I'm not entirely comfortable reading out. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit near the knuckle, potentially offensive to some people. Um, So I would invite you to go to the Shadlock and take a look at a couple. Right, sure. Wow. I am going to read a few, though. Okay. So, uh, John Paul Fitch, when Joe Exotic's husbands leave him unannounced and his tigers are unexpectedly seized by Carol Baskin in the US Animal Welfare Department, Joe turns to his only other source of comfort, Nazi snuff films. Will he escape from his own nefarious snuff desires, or will he give in to them and enact his fantasies on the remaining park workers? Starring Charlie Sheen as Joe Exotic, Carol <laughs> Vorderman as Carol fucking Baskin, and Gary Busey as Gary the Tiger, is 2020's Joe Blows His Load on Old Nazi Snuff Stuff. <laughs> I love that Gary Busey's playing a tiger. Yeah, pretty excellent. Uh, C.P. Buckley on Instagram. When a group of Nazi zombies appear to attack the estate of eccentric billionaire Charles Moneyton and attack and kill one of his family and his daughter, Chesty Moneyton, tries to escape. But when she realises that her father is still alive and used recent renovations to turn the estate into an elaborate series of traps and that her father has brought back the Nazis to kill his family and pass his inheritance to his mistress, a lot of big chest, now she must escape the estate, stop her father and the Nazi zombies in the long-lost Italian Nazi exploitation, The House of Evil Intent. Ooh, okay. Kinnell's Sinister Cinema, Boris Johnson's COVID marshals wreak bloody vengeance on people who may or may not be Satanists standing too close to each other in When Hell Met Helmets. <laughs> Hanny underscore Ray, a group of holidaymakers find themselves under the attack of the corpses of Nazi soldiers buried in unmarked graves in the grounds of their beach house. The zombies, under control of a madman and stuck in a wartime loop, attack in the beach house siege. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, there's a few others there, but like I say, just leaning fairly heavily onto the Nazi thing. Christ almighty, okay. Uh, I'll understand um, then if you don't read them out. So that's a few of them there. If you just want to do a best picture award this week. Okay, uh, John Paul Fitch. John Paul Fetch, I had a feeling, I had a feeling, you know. I'm still a sucker for the misfortunes of Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> Long may they continue, Joe. Right, okay, so uh, I was going to say it's my turn, right? Okay, is it not? But it's my birthday. So you think that excludes you from doing a Mitch's pitch, does it? I mean, I, I do have an image ready. For me? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I feel it would be quite shite of me to refuse. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that I could exploit your good nature in that way. We'll do it. Okay. 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 Right. It's on its way. All right. Let me let me see this. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, quite a, I think a reasonable amount going on. Uh, you want to have a crack at describing it? Uh, sure. So the border is black. The background is an off-white to grey. The next level of background, if you like, has what appears to be the hexagonal structure of a beehive. Uh, above that, there is the figure of a bee, kind of in silhouette. Uh, and in front of the bee, we have a strong-looking woman with her hands on her hips. She's wearing orange tights, and it very much looks like you can see her pubic hair. Around her shoulders, she has a... I don't know if that's a garment so much as, as a piece of material, which just covers her nipples and, and no more. She has brown mm-hmm. hair and a very stern look in her face. She is flanked on left and right by a red-headed woman and a blonde-headed woman, respectively. Uh, they are wearing kind of striped bathing suits. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they have hair from the from the 60s, I want to say. Um, just below the, la- the red-headed lady on the left, we have a topless brunette in yellow pants stroking an airplane engine, maybe? <laughs> yes, okay, mm-hmm. I-, I-, I can see that, yeah. To her right, we have a man in a green suit with brown hair. He looks angry. He is brandishing a firearm. He appears to be discharging a firearm, actually. Yeah, looks like it. To his right, again, we have a woman in a green dress and green shoes. She appears to be blonde, although I can only see a very small amount of her hair. Uh, this is an unpleasant tableau. She appears to be being roughed up by a man in a double denim and a man in a brown leather jacket. And below them, as you look at it, you have a woman in a purple caftan. Uh, she is wearing large, circular green sunglasses and caressing the face of a mustachioed police officer. Yes. <laughs> to her right, our left... Jesus oh. Christ, uh-huh. <laughs> we have a woman in white underwear. She has a kind of red 60s hairdo. And a man in a red shirt and appears to be pulling down her pants. Yep. Uh, just to her left, we have a woman oh, in... Oh, no, 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 sorry. We have a fourth woman in a striped bathing suit. She has uh, dark hair and a bob, and she is stroking the chest of a very muscular man who appears to be tied up to a bed. And yep. rounding things off, just above that, we have a man in a blue shirt smashing through some garbage cans. I think he's running from something. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. I think I would bloody need to be. Um, <laughs> right, uh, okay, I'm guessing you're going to need a moment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I gotta tell you, Mitch, that this is gonna be a bee theme, I think. <laughs> from from the from the pattern in the background there. Yeah. It's kinda gotta be, really. I guess I guess also the yeah, the stripes, yeah, it's it's not, it's not it's not a bad way to go. Oh yeah, and also the giant bee in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I can see I can I can draw a causation line here to why you're doing that. Now, have you ever been stung by a bee? You know what? I don't actually think that I have, which is kinda surprising, isn't it? And troubling. How do you know that you're not allergic? God, yeah, fair one, yeah. I should really just, like, do an allergy test at some point, because I didn't find out I was allergic to nuts until I ate some. So I feel like I should do that just to prevent any more uh, unhappy accidents like that in future. I still feel like your allergy to nuts is tenuous at best. Look, just because you don't have it doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> right? Some people have invisible illnesses, Andy. I had about enough of this, honestly, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> right, okay, uh, how are you getting on over there? Yeah, fine. My infant son looks like he's allergic to peanuts, by the way, so we're fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've got something here. It's a bit of a long one, so I'm going to ask you to buckle in ahead of time. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to set the scene, right? The year is 1969. Okay. One decade ends, and a new decade of sexual liberation is just around the corner. 
Gwen Yellowjacket, leading light of the Little Meadow Clinic's <laughs> roster of lady doctors, urges calm <laughs> as the town is plagued by a series of attacks on women by overly entitled men. When Gwen herself is attacked, she rallies a group of prominent local women to enact her revenge. As the bodies mount, can local sheriff Buzz Calloway stop the scantily clad swarm and take down the Queen Bee before they complete their evaporation device and destroy the town's menfolk en masse? The men of Little Meadow will soon learn that free love is not meant to be taken literally in 1971's erotic revenge thriller, The Honey Trap. Try to clip their wings and you'll feel their stings. Amazing. That's so good. Uh, there you go. I really like the I really like the say what you see nature of Gwen Yellowjacket. <laughs> yeah, that might have been my, that might have been my favorite part. Um, okay, it's not that. It's not. No, is it not? No. Um, uh, what year did you say? Uh, it's nineteen seventy-one. Two years out, nineteen seventy-three. Oh, great! Yeah, sure. Invasion of the Bee Girls. Invasion of the Bee Girls. Yes, the very same. So obviously, I can't tell you if this is any good or not. Right, I, 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 I can't speak to that either. But what I can tell you is that I do have a synopsis ready. Okay, lovely. And it is, seeing as it's my birthday, I think it's only fair that the synopsis this week comes from the man, the legend, Claudio Carvalho. Oh, that's your true, that's the real gift. Mm-hmm, absolutely, absolutely. Right, okay. In the small town of Peckham, California, many men die from excessive effort during sexual intercourse. <laughs> when there you go. When a scientist from the Brandt Research Laboratory is found dead in a motel, the government sends Agent Neil Agar to investigate the mysterious deaths. He suspects that the deaths may be related to some experiments of Dr. Susan Harris, who is researching bees in the Brandt facility. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that's your lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, which is probably like a, like a little bit more brevity than we're used to from old Clydeo there. But yeah, um, Evasion of the Bee Girls. Wow, okay. Uh, while you were talking there, I did, a, I did a little Google, and this is actually available to watch on Amazon Prime, so... Uh, what a fucking shock. Yeah, that's, that's my viewing sorted. That concludes Mitch's Pitches for this week. That is, of course, everywhere now, so if you want to join in, then by all means, get on that. The streaming platforms this week, then, are a little bit thin on the ground, um, right. but we do have some stuff. Sky Cinema doesn't have a great deal, although a couple of cool things coming next week, which is true of everywhere, really, I think. I think... You're probably seeing a little bit of a thinness this week because obviously next week's um, October. Oh, of course. And a, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of streaming platform things picking a lot of things up on October first. Uh, so nothing on uh, Sky Cinema, Amazon Prime. Basically, the only thing that's really notable there that I could see was a uh, episode six of season two of the boys. But Netflix, though, on Wednesday the twenty third, we've got Slaughterhouse Rules. New to town, a middle class teen flounders at a top boarding school when a nearby sinkhole at a fracking site unleashes tremors of terror. Right, okay. And also on Friday, September 25th, we've got Halloween 2018, Michael Myers Returns and David Gordon Green's sequel. Uh, this, of course, a direct sequel to the 1978 film, which, controversial however you slice it, I think, that one. Indeed, yeah. Also, I wasn't a massive fan of this. Uh, no, me neither, but it's there, and I think that like a lot of people will want to be catching up with that one. Also on Shudder on Thursday 24th, it's Verotica. I think that you know all you need to know about this one by now. Uh, Glenn Danzig's anthology. Um, yep, it's available on uh, on Thursday from Shudder. It's worth mentioning that other films are as well. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else on Shudder coming out that you might want to watch instead? Or is it uh, just going back through the back catalogue and avoiding Verotica at all costs? Uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing else new coming, but like Spiral landed there last week. That's a good film. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, The Borderlands is on there. Go watch that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we're trying to help you. A few things to be getting stuck into there then. And of course, if you do, then get in touch. Let us know what you've been checking out through all the usual channels. 
it's an interesting week when uh, you kind of have to say that the pick of the week is Halloween 2018. Yeah, that is kind of strange, isn't it, given that neither of us are too hot on it. But there we are. Turn our attention to this week's show then. We do have a guest this week once again. Yes. Keeping that streak up. And uh, we are joined this week by the executive producer of Host. <laughs> Yay! Jed Shepard. Now, we did say that um, the original plan to uh, to have Rob Savage, the director of Host, on has kind of fallen by the wayside on account of him being the busiest man in horror at the moment. Yeah, and just uh, bagging a three-film deal with Blumhouse. Yeah, the small matter of that. So, yeah, I think if that was the meeting that he was racing off to the night that he was supposed to be recording, and I can let that slide, you know? <laughs> on this occasion, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. However, yes, uh, Jed Shepard, the executive producer of Host, will be joining us this week, and uh, we are going a little bit off book with his film selection. I think that's true. We are kind of breaking with format a little bit. Well, kind of, because ultimately it's about a witch. We're going back to 1989 here for the frankly sensational cheese fest that is Teen Witch. Teen Witch. Now, uh, this is one of the more accessible ones that we've had in the last little while, particularly in the UK anyway. You can get this on all the uh, VOD platforms, but it is also on Netflix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, loads of options there. So this week, we are joined by host executive producer Jed Shepard, and we are talking Teen Witch. How do you feel about that? If you want to get in touch with us, you can do through all the usual channels, of course. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. You can email Scenes at gmail.com, and you can interact with other listeners on our Facebook group, The Chud Locker. Yep, and why not go on and check out our Patreon page? We've got a load of cool material we've already put up, and we'll probably have something else for you this week. Yeah, keep an eye on your feeds. We'll be trying to get something else out very soon indeed. However, this Friday, we are talking Teen Witch with Jed Shepard. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 